I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's it like to live under communism and escape it? We will go into that with somebody tonight. We'll talk about this Hotez RFK debate about vaccines and other things. Bill Gates is evil. Surprise, surprise. All that and more coming up tonight. And I'm right. What do I think about RFK Jr.? That's a question I get a lot. And to his credit, it's a question I'm getting more and more lately. He very clearly is picking up some steam. He's saying things that appeal to people, that people find interesting. And full disclosure, he's saying things that I find interesting and I find appealing. Now, I do need to tell you this. I don't trust him. But that's not against him, actually. I don't trust politicians. As you well know, I don't like them. I I just don't care for politicians. I don't get on my show, not my TV show, not my radio show, and wave pom-poms for this candidate or that candidate. I simply don't do it. And all of a sudden, RFK Jr. comes out. I won't say comes out of nowhere. Obviously, he's a Kennedy, and everyone knows RFK Jr. But all of a sudden, he's running for office. He's extremely against the COVID stuff. And that's appealing, obviously. But I haven't quite figured out if I trust what I'm looking at yet. So full disclosure, that's where I'm at. But I want to give him credit where credit's due. He's saying very, very, very intelligent things. 
Now, one thing I will say about RFK Jr., one of the reasons I don't trust him, one of the things that makes me nervous is this. Right now, Joe Biden, I realize he's still running for president. You know my theory that he's not going to, but let's assume my theory is wrong. Joe Biden says he's running for president. If he does, no Democrat will challenge him. So De Joe Biden's the Democrat nominee. Joe Biden lives and dies for the vaccine. Vaccine this, vaccine that, get your 19th booster. As of this moment, Donald Trump is the leading candidate comfortably, in the national polls anyway, to be the Republican nominee for president. Donald Trump, still, to this day, will go on the news and brag about the vaccine and warp speed's great and we save millions of lives. This is what makes me nervous, and this is why I'm nervous about the RFK Jr. thing. Let's say Joe Biden and Donald Trump are the two nominees, and right now, if you were in Las Vegas putting $100 on it, that's what you would bet on. What if RFK Jr. drops this whole Democrat thing? And what if RFK Jr. chooses to run as an independent? That would make RFK Jr. the only candidate for office speaking out loudly against the vaccine, which it's not a vaccine. I'm nervous because if that happens, Joe Biden's going to be president again. It just is. There is a significant portion of the right who does not like it, doesn't trust it. They, they, their eyes have been opened. They see it. That will pull votes from Trump, not Joe Biden. And Joe Biden's going to walk back into the White House. That's one of the reasons I'm nervous about RFK Jr. I don't, I don't know what I'm saying. However, credit to him. He is going on many, many media shows. Lately, it was Joe Rogan. And he's calling things out and calling a spade a spade. Have you had anyone debate you publicly about any of these? Nobody will debate me. For 18 years, nobody will debate me. In fact, I've scheduled many, many debates, and I've asked Hotez many, many times to debate me. And I think you've asked him, here, why don't you debate Robert Kennedy? And he said, because he's a cunning lawyer or something like that. Mm, but, um, yeah. but I've debated Hotez on the telephone with uh, you know, with kind of a referee, and uh, you know, I, his his science is 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 just made up. He cannot stand by it. He can't cite studies. Made up science, huh? Is that true? Did Peter Hotez make up science? Is he just one of these guys who just invents things? Well, I don't know. Here's a video of him. You tell me. They're also halting PCR positive infection. They're actually stopping asymptomatic transmission over 90%. And I think that's going to be true of all of the vaccines uh, released through Operation Warp Speed. And if that is the case, what it means is that as we move to a fully vaccinated uh, population in the United States, we're going to halt transmission. I, I have a lot of optimism we can vaccinate our way through. That's Peter Hotez on television asserting in his medical scientific opinion that the vaccine stops the spread of coronavirus. That is an outright lie. Keep in mind that's something even Big Pharma has been forced to admit as an outright lie. The CDC even admits it now. That's not true even a little. It doesn't stop the spread. It doesn't slow the spread. That's Peter Hotez inventing new things and saying them on TV as if they're facts in his white lab coat. And so it's interesting to me, I, I just think this part is interesting as far as what it means for America, that Peter Hotez, he won't debate RFK Jr. He ran to MSNBC, he ran to a safe place and explained, well, he's not going to debate. 
I understand what political debates are. But in science, we don't typically do debates. What we do is we write scientific papers, we present our findings in front of a critical audience of our peers to solicit their their input and, and suggestions. But it's you know, one doesn't typically debate science, maybe the one-off discussion of evolution versus creationism and that sort of thing. But that's not what we do in science. And so that's problem number one. And problem number two is to debate with RFK Jr. I've discussed... Um, this issue with him many times by phone and by email and and the problem is you know he just keeps on moving the goalposts we don't debate science why why doesn't peter hotez debate science well let's not beat around the bush here peter hotez doesn't debate science because he can't defend his positions but why can't he defend his positions he is, after all, and what's that word they love to use? Starts with an E, an expert. He's an expert, isn't he? So why wouldn't an expert in his field debate something? Well, this goes way beyond RFK and Hotez and everything else. This actually goes to our country as it, as, as it stands right now. It's in a very sad place. And what is that sad place? Well, experts in any field, whatever it is, might be carpentry, could be medicine, could be anything. Experts are created by the institutions in a society. Institutions produce experts. You go to Germany, 1900, the year 1900, and you got into the German military institutions. They're producing experts, leaders in the field. That's why their World War I army was so incredible. Their cultural institutions produced outstanding military leaders. When you are a late-stage republic, as we are, your cultural institutions have rotted. They're so full of diversity. They're so rotted to the point now where we actually don't really produce experts anymore. That's sad, but it's true. Peter Hotez won't debate because he's not an expert on anything. He's a nobody. He's dumber than you are and probably knows significantly less than I do, and I don't know anything. Wrap your mind around that. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. Now, I'm an expert on one thing, just one thing, food. I'm a food expert. And because I love food, because as you know, I'm the menu whisperer, I like to make sure that no matter what happens, I'm going to be able to eat and feed my family. Disaster strikes, and it sure looks like the wolves are circling right now, doesn't it? But I realize when I talk about my Patriot supply, not everybody can afford a three-month food kit. Money doesn't grow on trees, inflation, it's, it sucks. So, so what do you do? Do you just have nothing? Should you just go without? All right, Jesse, I can't get a three-month food kit for everyone in my family. I guess I'm screwed. No, no, no. Get a four-week kit. They have a special right now at preparewithjessikelly.com. They do, we're doing a special four-week food kit Super low price. No, it's not three months. And I want you to have three months. But again, money doesn't go on trees. Start with four weeks. Super low price. Take advantage of it. Everyone in your home needs one. Prepare with jessikelly.com. All right? We'll be back. (laughs) 
So the point is anti-vaccine disinformation, it's always done a lot of damage and harm, but now it's a yeah. lethal force in the United States. And that's why we that's why we have to have that discussion. And I offered to come and talk to go on Joe Rogan again. I've been on a couple of times yeah. and have that discussion with him, but not to turn it into the Jerry Springer show with having RFK Jr. <laughs> on. Oh, I certainly don't want to have to have him debate or anything like that. Joining me now, she has several times before and will again, Natalie Winters, executive editor at War Room. Natalie, this Peter Hotez guy, he's not as well known as like a Fauci or a Burks type, but you, of course, surprise, surprise, have done reporting on him. You've dug in on this guy. Who is this freak? Well, I think it's fair to say that the mainstream media has engaged really in full-blown information warfare uh, when it comes to trying to coerce Americans into not just taking these vaccines, but into being okay with vaccine mandates. And a lot of the voices that they promoted really leading the charge, one of the commanders of, like I said, this information warfare has been Dr. Peter Hotez, who oftentimes hides behind all his flashy titles and labels and fellowships and positions at hospitals that are funded at taxpayer expense. And by the way, I have to say, you mentioned, you know, Fauci by name, even as, you know, egomaniacal and crazy as he is, even he doesn't wear his lab coats uh, emblazoned and embroidered with all of his positions on them when he doesn't do his TV hits, but this man does. And I think it shows you how a lot of the arguments that he's making, uh, you can't really defend the indefensible, which is the efficacy of these vaccines. So they resort to all these different tactics, these appeal uh, to ethos, logos, right? Trying to persuade people to get vaccinated against COVID, basically with every single data point, uh, with the exception of studies that actually prove the efficacy of these vaccines. And the fact that the mainstream media is just running cover for him uh, right now. I mean, I don't know about you, I've never seen the mainstream media rush so quickly to cover a story that involves both Joe Rogan, RFK Jr., uh, and COVID vaccines. But when it comes to the case of Dr. Hotez, uh, they're running, I think, as fast as I've ever seen them to help him sort of do a, a, a cleanup um, and, and cover for what he's been lying and propagating uh, when it comes to these COVID-19 vaccines. Natalie, I'm concerned about the medical profession. Uh, my friend Luke Rosayek <laughs> did some reporting. Uh, him, Hotez, in the Texas Children's Hospital, I'm ashamed to say, they're out there influencing young doctors, telling them things about COVID that are simply not true. But that's one of a million examples you and I could go over. You're aware of all these things that have a medical profession that is quickly filling up with a bunch of freaks who are hostile to people like you and I. Well, you're totally right. And what I think is so scary is how people like Peter Hotez have advocated for sort of a fusion um, between themselves, this sort of, you know, trust the expert scientific brigade uh, with the backing of the federal government. I'm inclined to bring up a study uh, that Peter Hotez actually authored for, for a peer reviewed journal, believe it or not, all the way back in 2021, where he actually advocated for extending federal hate crime protections. Uh, on people who dared to even criticize Anthony Fauci. That was the specific example that he pointed to in the paper. But if you take the time, like I did, to go through and read the entire paper, what he lies, lays out really is dystopian um, and, and really censorship heavy in the sense that he says anyone who is conservative, which he then doesn't really offer a good definition of what exactly constitutes that, 
uh, should be silenced forcibly by the United States government. And I think you see a similar tactic being used. He says that people like me and you are adherents to catch this. We're not just Nazis, but we also are Marxists and Stalinists, oh. and we follow Leninism. Uh, so he got all the authoritarians in there, right? Just calling us Hitler wasn't, wasn't enough. Um, but again, it's these indefensible arguments uh, that he's never actually been asked to call, to answer for. And then you see Joe Rogan trying to make him defend what I would say is the indefensible. And instead of defending it and going on and debating it, uh, he has, you know, Mehdi Hassan and the mainstream media run basically act like his personal Praetorian guard. Yeah, Mehdi Hassan. That, he certainly went to friendly territory there. All right, let, let's, let's move off of this guy because I believe our next subject is one of, if not the most evil men on the planet, and I'm not making that up. Bill Gates is his name. People know him as the Microsoft guy. People, what they really don't know is that this guy has a plan to kill about a billion people. That's probably light. It's probably about five or six billion people to save the planet. And now he's coming up with a new vaccine. Natalie, I'm really concerned that the man who has stated several times that billions of people need to die to save the planet is now one of the largest pushers of things that will save lives. Well, I think the real tell with all of these people, I think Bill Gates is sort of leading the charge of the pandemic prevention crew. And that term, I think, has and always will be a racket. But if these people actually learned anything from COVID-19, right, trying to prevent the spread of communicable diseases, they would say no more taxpayer dollars to China, no more funding risky gain-of-function research with the Chinese Communist Party because they're not transparent and there's military civil fusion going on there. So any research that's going on overseas is likely going to be used and likely weaponized by the People's Liberation Army. That would be the logical conclusion after COVID. But the fact is, you don't see that response from Bill Gates. In fact, you see him traveling overseas to China just like last week to meet with Xi Jinping. The Gates Foundation has doubled down their commitment to working in China, um, not just on, on scientific research, but really in a variety of regards. And I think it shows you that these vaccines, it's not so much that they're using them to prevent these pandemics. They just want to have them ready to go and in the arsenal uh, for when this next pandemic just happens to occur. You know, I'm pretty sure COVID, it was sold to us as, you know, a once in a hundred year pandemic. But basically overnight that became the actually it's a once in a year pandemic. And oh, we also need lockdowns because of climate change and racism. Uh, Natalie, so... Is it just about money for this guy? Is that is, he's got plenty of money? I realize rich guys, all, well, all men, myself included, everybody wants a little more, right? But is it just about money? Is that what this vaccine thing is with him? No, there's definitely more to it. You know, I wish he would just go play golf and enjoy summer in the Hamptons. But I think it is and always has been about control with these people, and I think you see it because. Frankly, if you look at what their analysis is, where the variable is that they think needs to be changed to prevent future pandemics, the, lo the logical person would say, we need to stop funding gain-of-function research and having the Chinese Communist Party engage in biowarfare research. That's how you prevent pandemics. But these people have sort of put the focus uh, on society, on government's inability to really be able to lock down the United States and more broadly the West like the Chinese Communist Party did in complete and utter totalitarian fashion. And I think depending where these people put the variable, 
uh, in terms of where COVID went wrong, right? What the true origin, obviously, we know it was the Wuhan Institute of Virology, but what they identify as the key or the key problem that needs to be fixed to prevent future pandemics. Uh, again, that assumes that there's going to be future pandemics, but I think in where they have identified uh, society's weaknesses, I think that's sort of how you can tell that it's always been about power with these people. And frankly, just look at their look at their bank accounts in the sense that these people have never done better uh, than they did when it was COVID, whether through profits from investing in vaccine companies or just the ability to expand into other domains. Of course, Bill Gates is you know, venturing into agriculture and real estate really to, I think, unprecedented levels that we've never seen before. Well, it's definitely not concerning that Bill Gates <laughs> who wants to depopulate the earth, is pushing vaccines and buying up land that can be used to produce food. Not concerning at all. Natalie Winters of The Great War Room. Thank you, Natalie. I appreciate you. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. We got more. You want to hear from somebody who escaped hell? North Korea. It's We forget about it. People live in hell in North Korea. It's a nightmare. Let's talk to somebody who got out. Now, Speaking of hell, talk about getting old. <laughs> I, you know, when you're young, I remember this like it was yesterday when I was in my 20s. I, I would hear people, my dad, you know, people, older people you know, and you'd hear them complain about, man, he's, all these aches and pains, and this hurts a little bit, or that hurts a little bit. And, and then you just say, I feel fine. They say, wait till you get old, wait till you get old. And you think to yourself, yeah, whatever, I feel great. And then I woke up this morning, and my left shoulder just ached. Why did it ache? What did I do? Was I in a car wreck? I fall off a building? I slept on it. I slept on the shoulder, and it ached. Part of life, man. Our joints hurt. We got various pains on the insides. We got to do something about it. But not big pharma crap. Try revolutionary relief. Try the rub on things like your shoulder, your neck, your knees, internal pains, try the little gel caps. Just just try it, try it for one month and you tell me about the difference in your life. And not only that, you get to try it for a month free. Free. Try it for one month for free and tell me you don't see a difference. You have to go to revrelief.com slash free. Give it a shot. Give it one shot. Tell me what you think revrelief.com slash free. We'll be back. You know, I'm not the only one out there with a great book out because Yunmi Park's book is eye-opening. It's eye-opening because she actually experienced communist hell. She knows what it's like to live through it. So there's a lot more than just the anti-communist manifesto you should get your hands on. Go get the book while time remains. Yunmi, uh, your story is amazing. Before we get into all the details of it, why don't you describe a struggle session? What's a struggle session? Uh, I guess, you mean, in North Korea... Or in America. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what? Let's stick with the North Korean version for now. Right. So it's in North Korea, the struggle session actually named as a self-criticism session. So every week, if you are children, you have to go to school with your classmates, have to go through 
you're weak and you have to repent your sin. So basically, you know, for example, like my dear leader told me that I need to become a better revolutionary, but compared to his words, I was not a good revolutionary. But at the end of this self-criticism session, the one thing that North Koreans must do is like criticizing somebody else. You cannot skip that part. So entire week, it forces us, all of us, to focusing on what other people are doing wrong. Almost like if you see something, say something. That's like in America right now is happening, where in North Korea, children are forced to criticize their classmates. And that's how they plant the seed of distrust between people. And people cannot trust each other. Ah, that's terrible. You know, I want to nail something that you just brought up. As a revolutionary, we have to do this as revolutionaries, revolutionaries. Explain that mindset since the Kim dynasty rules with an iron fist. We're now on generation number three of those scumbags running the country. What are you a revolutionary against when the revolution has been won? That's a government state propaganda put us in this state of alarm, the state of almost it's a mental war. There's no physical war is happening, but dictators make us to believe that somehow the world is imminent. The enemies are here about to attack us. And I think it happens in America right now too, that they are keep saying the world is ending, the climate change is imminent, that the humanity is ending soon. It's a constant state of fear, constant state of the need of government protection because there's just so much threat is happening. And so they keep telling us that you are the revolutionaries, that we have to fight against our enemy, that American ambassadors any minute trying to attack us, that enemies are even in the air that we breathe in. That's how they keep us in the state of this alarmed state, that people cannot put their guards in, and that we constantly have to look to government to protect us. Do the people uh, genuinely believe it, you know I mean? Do, do, they, do they believe they're revolutionaries? Do they believe they're under attack? Do they believe their government is taking care of them? Or do they just have to say it because they understand the consequences if they don't? So to know some people is very unique because we are literally the most isolated nation in the world. And we don't even know what the alternative life can look like. Right? In North Korea, we don't have any comparison what life can be different. My case, I genuinely believe everything that regime said. I truly believe that dictators were gods. They could read my mind, and I was even afraid to think. Uh, the other thing is that in North Korea, if you say the one wrong word, it's not only going to kill yourself, it's going to kill up to three generations of your, life, your family's life. That's why maybe even if you disagree, there's no way you can disagree with the state governments. Okay, that's a horrible place to be. How did you get from that state into the United States of America speaking about freedom all the time? What is your story? So when I was 13 years old, uh, it was 2007, we could not find any, any food in the country. We were literally starving and about to die. And the only option for us left to do was trying to escape from North Korea. Uh, I crossed the frozen Yalu River into China with my mother at 13. And once I got to China, I was sold as a sex, to I mean, sex slave separate from my mother. Two years of slavery in China, I was rescued by Christian missionaries coming from South Korea. 
and they told us that we had to walk across the frozen Gobi Desert into Mongolia from China. And I was luckily made it to Mongolia, and from Mongolia, I was sent to South Korea. And I came to America eight years ago and became a citizen last year. You walked across the Gobi Desert at 15 years old? Yeah. Good grief. Okay, give us some insight as to how the North Korean government treats its people. How are the people treated? Well, in North Korea, simply there's no concept of human rights. We don't even know the word. And the tricky thing about not knowing the word is that if you don't know the word, that means you don't understand the concept. So there is no such a thing how humans should be treated. Inside the country, the regime uses starvation as a tool to control the people. People get tortured, beaten, and rape is not even a word. Women get raped daily in the military, in the workplace. And it's, it's literally a living hell. Good grief. Now, I mentioned something earlier in the show about struggle sessions, and you said something that shocked me a little bit. You said, in North Korea or here in America? What, what, what struggle sessions in America are you talking about? So I live in New York City, and I used to live in Chicago. Uh, I went to university in America. Uh, Americans hasn't gone that far to criticize your classmates and your coworkers. Maybe they do. But so far, they talk about their guilt and their privilege. So I mean, even in New York, there's some daycares, even like pre-K or kindergartens. They would like ask children, you know, if your parents own their home, they step out, talking about privilege and make them feel guilty about their privilege. So it is kind of mimicking that show recession that was happening in North Korea and China. And I think the extent is not as bad as North Korea, but definitely getting there in America. Good grief. Her book is While Time Remains. As you can imagine, it is a fascinating story. Thank you, thank you so much, Yonmi, and welcome to America. Even though you've been here for some time, welcome. Thank you so much. All right. We're going to talk to Chad Prather about some different things than that. Next, now before we get to Chad Prather, let's talk about you and the tyranny you're going through with your timeshare. I know these timeshare companies. I know what they do. I know they sucker you in with fancy brochures. And in their defense, if I have to say that, in their defense, sometimes you do enjoy the timeshare for a while. Right? A little lake house, a little beach house, life's good, the kids are having fun, life's good. And then eventually, all things end, right? You're done with it. And you think to yourself, you can just be done, but they tell you, no, 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 no. It's for life. You sign the contract. Sorry. Pay those annual fees. Pay the special assessments. Pay up right now. And they tell you, you can't get out. And people believe it. That's what's sad. But you can get out. One phone call. You're one phone call away from being out of the timeshare you don't want to be in anymore. You just have to call Lone Star Transfer. They will legally and permanently get you out. How do I know? Because it's a family business who's helped over 18,000 people get out and they're 99% successful. They put it in writing. They give you a time frame. Hey, we'll get you out by this time. Call them. 844-310-2646. 
844-310-2646. All right? We'll be back. All right. God save the queen, man. Well, I mean, credit to Joe. It's certainly going to take God. Joining me now, Chad Prather of the great Chad Prather Show. Chad, God save the queen, brother. Well, I don't know if Joe knows it or not, but the queen's dead. <laughs> and I, I, mean, I don't know that we've been, I don't think we were worried about saving her for a long time. I mean, what was she like, 700 years old at the time of her passing? So, I mean, we did enough saving at this point. Uh, you know, Jesse, it's funny. I look at this and this thing is getting more and more insane. Joe Biden is is like a human chicken skin, right? He's just pulled tight and has new ears on. And the stuff that comes out of his mouth, I would love to live in that level of acid uh, trip whatever that is. I mean, he is on some Timothy Leary LSD at this point. Uh, And and I'm just Uh, fascinated. I would like to take a trip with the Beatles into the brain of Joe Biden. (laughs) Chad, and look, we do this for a living, you and I, so maybe I'm way too deep in the bubble, and that certainly could be, but is he getting worse? I know it's never been great, but is it worse now? It feels like it's worse. Well, the, the frequency of it, Jesse, is happening more and more, right? It's, it's increasing yeah. the frequency of the things that comes out of his mouth, the stumbles, the falls, the, the, the trips, the mishaps. And, and what fascinated me this past weekend was how he looked at John Fetterman from Pennsylvania like he knew what he was saying. You know, I, I'm hearing these, these guys, and I'm like, what special language are these guys using to communicate? But it's starting to happen more and more. And the scary thing, Jesse, is can you imagine what is off-camera or off mic that said or seen that we don't even have a clue what's happening. Now, we know his aides two weeks ago came out and said, we only talk to him or interrupt him between 12 and 4 in the afternoon, and we leave him alone on the weekend. So at this point, our president is a parking meter. Like, he has off hours, dude. I mean, this is this is problematic for you and me as, as, as you know, American citizens. I've, I've got relatives who work that same schedule, but uh, not, none of them are president of the United States. In case you're wondering what Chad was talking about, the great meeting of the minds between Joe Biden and John Fetterman, luckily it was captured on camera. And I got to tell you, <laughs> watch out, world. We are back. Here it was. And now I'm standing next to the president again, next to a, a collapsed bridge here. And he is here to commit to work with the, the governor and the, the, the delegation to make sure that we get this fixed <laughs> quick, fast as well, too. This is a president that is committed to infrastructure. Yeah, and then on top of that, the, the jewel uh, kind of a uh, uh, law of the inflation uh, bill that is going to make sure that there's going to be bridges all across like this, all across the America getting rebuilt. Yeah. Man, I'm excited uh, about the future, Chad. Man, uh, you know, forget building trains uh, from California to across the Indian Ocean, uh, as Joe Biden said last week. But I'm trying to figure out what a delegation is. I want to know what an infrastructure is, an friction. I don't know. But Joe <laughs> just sat there nodding. We know that Joe's going to read the teleprompter that he has not proofread ahead of time, right? And I know there's going to be people who say you can't make fun of a stroke victim. Um, I don't know which. I guess both of them are stroke victims at this point. 
Well, you can't keep putting stroke victims in, a, in the office of being a senator from the great state of Pennsylvania or in the White House in the Oval Office, which I doubt Joe's ever seen it. You know, the, the thing about that is I don't know that John Fetterman or Joe Biden, either one, have ever read a piece of legislation that's crossed their desk. They are told by their puppet masters what to sign, what to say. They put them up there, prop them up. This is this is a, abuse. I mean, this is this is the worst kind of it. And to be able to say that you and I can't call that out is pure insanity. That's dangerous ground. Well, that may be dangerous, but it's certainly not as dangerous as a weapon that has a pistol brace on it, as Joe Biden clearly elaborated over the weekend. Made it harder for people to buy stabilized braces. Put a pistol on a brace, it turns into a gun. Makes it more, you can have a higher Uh caliber weapon, a higher caliber bullet coming out of that gun. Chad, man, (laughs) I know a little bit about guns. I know you know a lot about guns. I had no idea those things could do that. That's amazing. No, uh, Jesse, you're a Marine. Um, I know this is my rifle, this is my gun. I know which one's for shooting, I know which one's for fun. Joe doesn't know what to do with a gun. I immediately called my <laughs> friends uh, at the local gun store and said, hey, this uh, this new type of gun that Joe's talking about with the whole brace and the higher caliber bullet that immediately just transforms, can I buy one of those? Because I really, really want one. It got me excited for, as, you know, as the Christmas season approaches us in the, you know, at the end of the year. All right, Chad. Well, um, as we all know, we are painfully aware that it is Pride Month. My kids, I, I can't mm-hmm. even believe this is where we are, Chad. Today, my boys went into the cupboard to get a snack. Went and grabbed a box of Honey Nut Cheerios. Now, full disclosure, neither my wife and I were there when these were purchased. Grandparents were in town. Kids were sent down the cereal aisle to get whatever they want. You know how it goes with grandparents. Yeah. Came out of the cupboard, Honey Nut Cheerios in their hands, and my oldest son looks at it and goes, Oh, no, Dad, look. Holds it up, big old freaking rainbow on the side of the thing. And I'm look, I'm glad I have kids who are aware of it, but... We don't even have Cheerios anymore, brother. <laughs> Man, I've been trying since June 1st to be gay. And I'll tell you why, Jesse, because <laughs> I, I think it would just be easier. I think I have the looks for it. Um, I think that my life would, I wouldn't be so quickly canceled. I went into, I actually went shopping in a gap the other day. I got off the airplane in a city, was doing a live show. I went to a gap. Uh, there hadn't been one in years. And I don't know what I was expecting, but I go in there and they've got a kids section. I walk past it and immediately there's there's toddler clothing with the rainbows all over it. And I'm like, I why are why are we doing this? Why are we allowing this? I mean, we can laugh at it, but we've laundered it out there to the point where this has become acceptable in society, and we're just choking on a rainbow at this stage in the game. And if you say anything about it, you're a bigot or whatever. The bigotry happens with the pride people because I'm not represented in their rainbow. I'm not represented in their parades or their or their you know parties. I'm not represented in the in the nuns of perpetual indulgence. So they're the ones excluding me at this stage in the game. You know where do I go to the gap and see Christian a Christian flag or a, you know the three crosses or some symbol of my faith represented? And so actually the bigotry is on their part, and I'm pretty unapologetic about calling it out at this point. Well. They are not choking on the rainbow because they cannot. In fact, I'm glad you brought up the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence because that disgusting, vile group was introduced at Dodger Stadium and, uh, well, it didn't go well.
Chad, there were two people in the stands and they're both booing. Why do corporations keep doing this stuff when it's not popular? I think Dodger Stadium just give a, gave, a, um, gave a new definition to bat and clean up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, let me tell you, I don't, I, you know, the whole thing, Jesse, is they know they're not going to lose money. They have to score on the ESG scales. They know that they have to be woke corporations. They know they're going to get bailed out by the Black Rocks and the vanguards of the world. It's always applied to major league sports or professional sports. We see what happens with NBA in China. They can do anything they want to do, and the money's going to be there. As long as they are floating the the right criteria when it comes to being, you know, a again, a woke corporation or a woke entity, they're going to be just fine. They can, they can weather the storm. We've seen it with Bud Light. We've seen it with uh, Target. We've seen all these things. They know that they can continue to throw it in your faces. And the problem is we sit back and take. That's unfortunate. But I think right now people are waking up to the lies and they're starting to call those things out. So I hope we I hope we stand strong in that. Chad, appreciate you, my brother. Come back soon. I love you, buddy. Appreciate your book. Good job. Thank you, boss. Thank you. All right. It is time to lighten the mood, even though we kind of just did. Before we get to lighten the mood, Fred is probably going to need extra rough greens for a couple days because grandparents were in town watching the boys. The wife and I were out of town, and he just owns my mom, just owns her all day long. They're snuggling all day long. And she left today, and he's been a wreck ever since. And see, Fred gets an upset stomach when he gets, I can't even make this up, he gets an upset stomach when he gets unhappy and he used to have problems after every meal until we started giving him rough greens. He doesn't have any of those problems anymore. So I don't know what the rules are with rough greens. We just pour a little on his food, natural nutritional supplement, actually giving your dog probiotics and vitamins and minerals and omega oils because there's nothing in the dog food that's any good. Are we allowed to double it? I'm gonna have to get a hold of rough greens and see if we can double it for a couple days until Fred recovers. Go get a free bag and you'll see a difference in your dog. Seriously, it's amazing. Go to roughgreens.com slash jesse. Roughgreens.com slash jesse. Or you can call them 833-33-MY-DOG. We'll be back. All right. It is time to lighten the mood in a historic way today. <laughs> Before we get to that, let's get to this. Let's get to something else that's historic. We are having a historic day down here in Houston, an air quality alert for, I believe it's a record as of today. I woke up today, checked the weather on my phone, and oh, look, we just set a record. It's a record for how bad the air is here. And all my friends, all my neighbors, they're all complaining, oh, my eyes are itching, I got the sniffles, Jesse, I'm miserable. And I tell them, well, why don't you have your Eden Pure Thunderstorms yet? The greatest air purifier ever. Because the air outside of my studio, outside of my home may be bad, but the air where I'm talking to you right now is so clean, you can taste it because my air is cleaned all day long. They have three packs of these for sale, $200 off. You don't have to take my word for it. Buy one, plug it in, leave the room, and come back in an hour you'll know I was telling you the truth. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. That's how you get $200 off a three-pack, all right? All right, well, Corinne Diversity Hire 
she considers herself to be quite historic. This is a historic administration. I'm a historic figure, and I certainly walk in history every day. But this is also a historic-making administration because of this president. I'm a historic figure, and I walk in history every day. She most certainly, certainly is a historic figure. I will, I will say that because the press secretary is supposed to be the person who is uniquely qualified to speak to elaborate on things, to communicate the president's message out to the reporters, out to the United States of America. Corinne Diversity Hire, and that job is most definitely historic. Pope uh, Emeritus uh, Benedict XVI was done in a bipartisan, bicarmel way. Bicarmel, bipartisan support. Dr. John Clauser, who won the Nobel Prize in Physics, and Dr. Douglas Diamond, who won the Nobel Prize in Economic Sciences. Today, the Vice President will visit uh, the DMZ. Nearly 70 years since the Korean armistice, uh, the vis using energy, they're weaponizing energy, and it's choosing to, to one of the things that uh, has been out there to shut down the pipeline of Nordstrom One, uh, instead of risking their lives at the hands of human, uh, human strugglers. Human strugglers. <laughs> I think my favorite was the last one, or maybe it was Nobel. The, the Nobel Prize. <laughs> All right, quit. I'll see you tomorrow. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. 
Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 